Hemshechayim Beis, page 85, Pehe, volume 1, beginning of chapter 49. Okay? So, here's where we are. We have now made the transition from Er Pnimi to Er Makif, which is a key uh, transition, which means for the last 48 chapters, 47 chapters. After beginning the Hemshech, the entire discourse, the entire series began with the discussion of Keser. Keser is the crown. Rotsen, the desire which is the first step of any entity wanting something, connecting to something, it needs to desire it. And the desire creates the bridge. To understand that desire, which is, as he said, Makif, because it's an overall desire that does not that's not defined by details. It's a desire to, for an entire entity, like he said in the beginning of chapter 2. This is what distinguishes Rotson, desire, from all the faculties, because they all come in a er primi, which means an energy in a container. To understand Rotson, he went for 47 chapters explaining er primi. What does it mean, integrated energy? Which is really the building blocks and basis of existence. And the last chapter, last chapters, he finally concluded by explaining the purpose of the Eupnimi. That it has purpose. Meaning, it has a function. What is its function? Its function is outside of itself. Its function is to create and to reveal. That's the purpose of Atsilis, the purpose of the Ten Spheres, all the way as they're rooted in the vision, in the Shir Atzmei B'Kayach, in the vision that uh, the divine source allocated resources, so to speak, within its existence, within its reality, it allocated resources for existence. That's the beginning of the ten spheres as they're rooted, what we call it, Esosphere, the ten hidden spheres, the beginning of Erpnimi. That evolved through a symptom, concealed the rest of the so-called the divine, Leaving only that those distinct um, spheres in the in the that would that would emerge reemerge in the kav, the ray of light, which in turn would continue to be concealed until it would actually manifest in containers and atzilus. Those are the three levels. So the purpose of all that is in order, as he said, to reveal the divine in existence. He specifically spoke actually three different ways how the erpnimi functions. One. He began, what is the purpose of, of, of the um, uh, three ways that intellect actually? So here, number one is that the entire ten spheres, its purpose is, let's say, as he said, its, fu- its function, its utility is in order to serve the worlds, which means existence. And Midas and Malchus is very clear because their entire relationship is with something outside of itself. Malchus is a, you cannot be a king without a nation. And Midas Emotions, you don't have emotions to yourself, feelings to yourself, you have feelings to something outside of you. And even Meichen, he said three different ways how Meichen, how intellect plays this role. One is, it helps internalize and integrate the Midas, that they be balanced, they be uh, integrated and uh, internalized. Number two, that the Meichen itself plays a role because it helps us be able to understand godliness. So the Midas, the emotions help us to be excited about the divine in this world. And the intelligence allows, and the, the, the cognitive spheres allow us to experience 
um, the comprehending the divine. And in the, in the last chapter, in 48, he said the third thing, he said, he said that the mind faculties, in other words, Chochmah Bina, of the, the spheres of Atzillus, their role is to reveal, and the Midas, the emotions is to Hisavus, the Tzayr Hisavus, in order to bring bring existence into into being. So you see here that um, it's almost three different extremes because on the first on the first level, on the first uh, explanation, the intellect is only serving the emotions. So the main thing that the the, the main thing that, that serves the worlds is the emotional faculties because they relate to the world and the intel- and, and the mind is only to internalize it. The second interpretation, they both. One, one is a spilus aliki, excitement in the divine. The second is the intelligence is comprehension of the divine. And the third interpretation, it's the midas are only to create. And it's the mind that brings revelation. So it literally goes through almost three levels. The mind becomes the main revealer, so to speak. But they're all correct. It's just different levels. And then comes the fourth, which is really the second dimension, but the fourth function, which is not a function, this is Ermakif. This is the energy, as he explains, it's only there to reveal the essence. And he gives the example of a color, of color, of a color of an object, and also like the face, the glow on the person's face. It doesn't have any particular function. It's just a, a side effect, so to speak, or a result of the, the reality of the essence. So the essence reveals itself, this is what it looks like. So as opposed to the other, to the, to the, to the ten spheres and Atsilas, and Eir HaGvul, all the way in their root, Eir HaGvul, let's, let's explain what Eir HaGvul means, how the Eir HaBligvul, infinite light, as Shir Atzmi Bekeach envisioned a particular, and envisioned and allocated a particular amount of resources that would go toward creation. No, no actual resources there, but allocated. There, the function is the Tzorich Helmets. Without worlds, there would be no spheres, basically, as you put it. Without you wouldn't need all these levels. They would not be classable all these levels. The whole ten spheres is for the purpose of the world. Oh, no. Is that sound not working? Oh, it is working. Yeah. Anyway. So this level, however, which is rooted in the, in the infinite light, that's before, that precedes the allocation level, precedes the envisioning of the ten spheres level, the structure, it's only doing one thing, it's revealing the essence. It says that's the level that, that's the level of the energy that was created the first day as opposed to sunlight, which function is to radiate the earth. This is just a, a light that is not defined by parameters, and that's why Adam was able to see from one end of the world to the other. It penetrated and pierced through the distinctions of time and space, Er Makif. Um, as the Emek HaMelech says, that that energy was there and then it became Er Makif. It was hidden and concealed. And that's the level, level that's higher than the ten hidden spheres. And with that he explained, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, the two levels where you have to go from the Er Primi, you get to the Er Makif. Okay, now we begin the next discourse. When you said about Adam Arishon, explain the reason why he could. 
because that energy is two types of light or energy. One is an energy that is measured. Basically, the, the ability for us to see allows us to see, but you can't see through walls. You can only see that that, that far. The the air that the energy that was the light that was created the first day, as opposed to sunlight which was created the fourth day, is a light that is coming from Ermakif. So it allows it's not defined by space and time. You know, you could almost say it's almost like the what we call airwaves and, and sound waves today. That really can travel. I mean, you can't say exactly because they still occupy. They still go through stages, but basically, they transcend the differences between. Um, they transcend time and space. So, Ereshenimbriyimrishen was almost like a, uh, a an energy of technology that was beyond time and space, um, and that's why he was able to see from one end of the world to the other. It's, a, I think, a good example of technology. Actually, the fact that you know you can only see that far, but with a with with airwaves. You can see a, a, a you can see an image that's beamed to you from mile, millions of miles away simultaneously. He was able to see all over the world, but also he was able to see up and up, up, up. What was he able to see as far as spiritual? He doesn't speak about it. Just talks about physical seeing. No, it's obviously a, a type of you know it's obviously a spiritual level that f- affects the physical world. You know, it was a, it was a, the ability. I mean. It's not just some magic trick that you can see from another world. It means that he was connecting to an energy that was beyond Zaman Malkam, beyond time and space. That's what it meant. Absolutely. You know, later they discusses how he's able to name things. Of course, he was extremely that. But I'm saying here it manifests in this way. I mean, there are many explanations. Some say it means the hidden worlds and the revealed worlds. But here... He's interpreting it only in context of not being defined by uh, the gradations of, uh, of time and space. Okay, so now we continue on page 85. This is Discourse 13. And after this whole connect summary I just made, we'll understand the flow here now. As we go into the discussion on Ur Makif. So this is the Mimer of Ekev, Discourse 13, at Yisrael. And here the Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe, who gives a taken a general a brief summary of the beginning of each discourse says here he's discussing the difference between will desire and the other faculties as i said this is already going back to the original discussion in chapter two after this whole discussion he's now moved over to ermakif so ermakif as i said its role is it's not it doesn't have a particular function it is about revealing the the, the essence and now Israel, Moshe Rabbein was speaking to the Jewish people at the end of his life. As we know, the whole Sefer Dvarim was Moshe, the last 37 days of his life. Beginning Rosh Chodesh Shvat, begins Dvarim, and it moves on. Uh, Moshe Rabbein is giving them his last will and testament, so to speak, reviewing everything that took place. And now he says, and now Israel, Israel, what is God already asking of you? Only to fear him. The famous Pasuk. And the Gemara asks the question, Is then Yiras Hashem, awe of God, a small thing? That Moshe is saying, what is God already asking of you? You know, when do you say, what is someone asking of you? It's like saying a small little trivial thing. What's he already asking of you? Just to have awe of him, have fear of God. Is it then such a small thing? The Tiritz. And the Gemara answers, in. Yes. 
Compared to from the level of Moshe, this is a small thing. It's not a big thing. That's why he said, "V'yidu akusha," and it's known the question, also the question of the, which is the question in Tanya, known Perik Membei is the question. V'aloi miimach ksiv. It says, "Shel miimach." Is this all that God wants from you? He's not talking about himself, Moshe Rabbeinu. Umau atiras delgab Moshe milsezutrasihi. So, what kind of answer is that? That according to compared to Moshe, it's a small matter. We're talking about the people, not the Meishu Rabbeinu. But Gemara, the Brachas, and the Gemara in Brachas, Esau, it says, Tanya, Rameir, Oymer, Chayi, Vodim, Levorach, Meir, Brachas, V'chayim. Rameir says, a person is obligated to bless a hundred blessings every day. Shunemar, V'ati, Yisro, Ma'ashem, Lekecha, because it says, now Israel, ma, what does God ask of you? Al tikrama el That ma should be read meo. So ma in Hebrew is mem hey. And meo is uh, the aleph in there. She says, you read ma meo. Which is one of the rules that you can translate, it's how you can read a Hebrew word. In other words, he's deriving from the verse. It says ma Hashem al Instead of, you know, we say, what is God already asking of you? Like, what already? What? What? Ma means what? And here he's interpreting instead of what? Meya. At you saw Meya Hashem Kachashem. God is asking of you Meya. A hundred. He's asking of you to make a hundred blessings. The Sarakal Hava Maashach is the Meya Brach is Lazed the Maashem Kachashem Mirkim Liyira. So we have to understand what's the connection to the simple interpretation, which means what is he asking of you? And he's saying he's asking of you a hundred. It's not a contradiction necessarily, but what's the connection? One word is just, just a play of words. And what is this thing called? Don't call, don't say ma, say meya. It says ma. So why suddenly should we say that it's meya? What's the where is he deriving it from? What's like what's compelling him to say that? In general, what's the connection? It says ma. Well, to understand all this, we have to preface what we discussed earlier, the call us in Sphiris. That the general Indian, the general role, the general idea of the ten spheres, also in their root, umkedam in their root and in their source, harishon in their first root and source, in the infinite light before the tzimtzum, pre-tzimtzum light energy, who The general spheres, also even in their root and source, in the in energy before the tzimtzum, is hashara that I said, the allocation. And I gave different interpretations of it. It means the envisioning, the allocating, the measuring of envisioning what is going to come, the higher be'elmas. The envisioning, the hashara, the imagination to radiate in the world. That means it's not just a thing that, it's, yes, it's a gili from the etzem, but its role is not just revealing from the, it's not just a revelation that's coming out of the essence, it has a purpose, it has a function. And without that function, it wouldn't exist. Its role is to radiate and shine, illuminate in the world, the worlds. And that's where they come in a measurement and in a uh, 
Mishkal sometimes means weight. Here it means measurement and um, and parameters. Ubebchinus mass, you could say mass, maybe, but not physical mass. Ubebchinus islapshus bekelim. And in a way that manifests in, a, in containers, Ubebchinus ischalkus damailamata. And the way that's distinguished in the hierarchy of higher and lower, as he said, in the. Hain bimedidus edis, both, as he said, mailamata, meaning in the revelation level and the fundamental nature of each sphere. Both in the measurement, in the parameters of the energies, and also and and, and both in the in measurement of the energies and the measurement of the containers. So it's very clear that he's talking both containers and the energies have in their primi a very particular function. And that's why they, they the reason they and the, the reason they, that's why because they have that function to radiate in the world, that's why they fit their function. You know, form follows function, so their form is such that they are shaped. So their function, their function is to radiate the world. That's why they need to be shaped in the form of structure. And their primary their primary diversity. Their primary distinction is recognizable when they manifest in containers. Because there they become something of substance, something substantial. Whereas earlier, as we discussed, they are pshittas, relatively shapeless. Relatively, not actually. That now goes the other. However, the energy which is Ain't safe. Without end, obligvul. And infinite. Ain't safe and obligvul usually are, are redundant. You know, ain't safe means no end. Obligvul without limit. But technically, sof and gvul have different meanings. Sof means it has no end. Gvul means it has no definition. Or no parameters. This energy in its root and source... Before the pride preached him, some ain't a big day the elements. It's not in order to, it's not God's sense it, it defining the tools and the outlet resources to radiate the world. It's only the gilim in Atzim. It's a revelation from the essence. And that's why it has no distinction and diversity. Fundamentally, does not have a measure and a uh, and, and, and and parameters or definitions. The gam kamoishem meir be'elmas, and when and and also the way it radiates in the world, ain't above b'chinesis lapshus b'schalkus. It doesn't come in any form of manifestation and internalization and b'schalkus and 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 distinctions or diversity. Lag b'chinesis er makif shemakif lekulim b'shava, only in a form of er makif which means literally surrounding, but it really means transcendent energy that surrounds them all equally. It's an equalizer. Okay. So that's the second form of energy. Now, the explanation of this is We say this every day. We say Kaddish, 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 but he's only saying one Kaddish, Hulu. Kaddish, holy, 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 holy. 
Hashem Tzvokis, God, the, 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 the commander-in-chief. Hashem Tzvokis, God, the God of... Legions, yeah. Good. Malay Kolaz you fill the entire world, Kvede. The entire world is filled with his glory, with his covet. Vitargum, Ziv Yikarishma. That Ziv Yikarishma is the way the Targum interprets it in, in Aramaic. That Ziv Yikarishma, that Ziv, the reflection, is the. Um, the value of his name more than the value. No, it's the fact that he calls it Ziv Yukarish. It means that it's a Ziv, a reflection. Ziv is a reflection. So, what could be because what manifests in the world is you say that his honor, his glory fills the world, you're referring to that which. Transmits and manifests mislabish and, and, and dresses up in the world is only It's only a reflection. It's only a a ziv and ha'ara. It's only a reflection alone. That's Masayin Sof Kaddish Umuvdal, because the essence of the divine is Kaddish Umuvdal. Like he says, Kaddish is holy and separate. The word Kaddish comes from the word Havdala. So Kaddish removed its holy, meaning that it's separate from. That you are holy in heaven and earth, meaning that you're not, you're beyond heaven and earth. That you're not together. You're not in the category. You're not in the same league. Of and begad is not even in the in the in the potential of islapshus of manifesting in the world. It's only a reflection. And this is what we say. Kaddish, 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 who is saying the srofim say this? These are the angels in Bria. This is the bittel. This is their subjugation, their sublimation. The srofim. Srofim means those that get burned up. Srofim mamalay. So srofim. There's three types of angels. There's srofim in Bria. There's a Chayes HaKadosh in Yitzira, and there's a Fanim in uh, Asiya. So he says, this is the level of the Bittl of the Shrafim, V'adratzei Shalehem, Sharetzim L'chlichlel, L'chlel, Be'erin Se'baruchu. Their Ratzei, their yearning, which is what causes them to burn in a passion, their burning passion, Sharetzim, they desire to be encompassed in the divine, infinite light. Ayedei HaSagosim, through their comprehension, through their comprehension of, of comprehending how the entire energy and life force that radiates in the worlds is only a reflection. And the essence of the divine is, we're not talking about atzmos atzmos, meaning beyond the world, or makif as he's saying here, is 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 holy and separate. So that's what they recognize. They recognize the separateness. They recognize that there's that everything that in existence is only molecular is only a ziv, is only a reflection. And that's why and that's what they burn a passion to go out of to connect to that thing which is beyond existence. It's basically the Srafim is the quintessential um, um, uh, called uh, free spirit. 
that wants to just be included in the essence without any, because they recognize how immaterial and insignificant existence is, or the energy, even the energy of God in existence. So they're burning up uh, <coughs> to the maki, the regular maki, where they're going, uh, what are they connecting with when they burn up? That sense, they sense that that what we have is very is only a reflection, and they are yearning. The burning, the yearning is what burns causes them to burn. Well, that's a connection. When you yearn for something, then you they sense it. They they sense it very personally. They're, 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 let's put it this way: the contrast is someone who doesn't sense it, someone who's satisfied and content with so-called. The energy within the world, and even if it's only a reflection, it's only a minimal thing. Doesn't that's fine? They're not content, and they teach us how not to be content. And fear comes from them. Ubiyesir, and moreover, that from the comprehension of this reflection, there you go. He's going step by step. So the first thing is the yearning for it, because they recognize, basically, it's through, it's actually the first one is really through the negating of what we have. They recognize how insignificant the, 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 the energy within existence, so they yearn for the real significant part. They want the real thing. From comprehending the reflection of Harimasigim, they comprehend this in half flaw they of the awesomeness, the wonder of the infinite. Like how it's wondrous and exalted, very exalted. No, it's going a step further. The first is they're not satisfied with this. They see it's only a reflection, so they are yearning to get out. The second one is that is causing them to have a sense of how awesome the other part, through like a process of elimination. You can say through extrapolation, Yadiya Sashlila. By seeing how this is weak or this is only reflection, they realize how awesome that must be. So one is like a little like running away from a, a like you know you know that your club is not it. So you're running, and the second is you sense the awesomeness of the club you want to join, so to speak. And they also comprehend the eifin, not just that it's wondrous and 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 awesome, also the eifin. That was the, the form of this awesomeness. He doesn't explain what that means exactly. I would assume that through process of elimination you say, well, if this energy is so limited, then that energy must be extremely intense. So they get a sense of that intensity. And through this, they are in a form of Ratze, they are in a state of Ratze. Actually, Bechina is a state. Ratze means actually yearning, running, you know, um, pining. These are all correct words. To be encompassed in this essence of light. This is the famous, uh, he doesn't bring it here, but the famous line that the Tzamech Tzadik brings from the Alter Rebbe. I don't want your Ganeidin, I don't want your Elam Haba, I want you alone. So, Mili Bishamayim. What do I have in heaven? We're not interested in heaven. 
Mili b'shamayim. What do I have already and have a meaning in the spiritual? B'shamayim meaning the divine, that the divine radiation, the, the reflection that, that emanates within, permeates existence. They don't want to remain in the reflection. Rather, they, they desire to be compassed in the essence. So we see from all of this that the general energy within the worlds is only a reflection. That's what, that's what he wants to point out here. Your name is elevated, is beyond. Nizgav is higher than. Means even the level of name, Shmai, even God's name, who needs give him a is higher and exalted. Only your Haidu, Viziv, only your Haid, your um, beauty, and Ziv, and your reflection is Al is on earth and heaven. All these verses, all these prayers, he's basically describing, actually, this is the Kavana of these Davening, all these Psukim. And Apsukim also was verses in the prayer are all emphasizing how the world is only the existence, the energy in the world, Eripnimi is only a reflection, and there's the read and the, therefore the desire to go and reach that which is beyond. This is Malachim, partially what he spoke of. But Nishamis Israel Ksiv, and when it comes to the souls of Israel, it says, Vayorim Ame. The Yoram is also Rem. Rem is Keren La'ame. You should raise Keren La'ame. What does the word Keren mean here? So often the Yoram Keren La'ame means Keren can mean raise as well. Karni Hoid, to raise. The Yoram Keren La'ame, sometimes it means Huam Shachas Atzmis. The Keren Huam Shachas Atzmis. Keren sometimes means horns. It means Karni Hoid. It could be the rays of light. Keren. Sometimes Karen means the, the word Karen, not the pride. Karni Heid Yisrael. Karen Heid Yisrael. Kahos is Karni Heid Torah. The rays of the beauty of Torah, Kahos. So Karen, he says, Hashachas Hatzimis. When you say Yoram Karen La'ame, you're talking now not a reflection, but you're talking about a transmission of essence. That means that the Torah Mitzvah, what transmits to them is the essence of the divine, not just that which is within creation. Remember, we spoke earlier. However, you twist and turn it, Er Primi, Atzilus, the spheres, are there to serve the worlds. One, he said in the last piece, interpretation was that the Midas of Atzilus, their thing is to create, to bring it into being. And the Meichen intellect is to reveal that which is a higher revelation. But that revelation is all within the nature of existence. All within the parameters of existence. He's going to explain now what levels we're talking about. But here he's, so here he's saying that through Torah Mitzvahs, you read the Atzmuseyde and Baruch In other words, even beyond that with the structure itself. Not Torah and Mitzvahs, Torah Mitzvahs. Torah mitzvahs generally is not here. They're combined as general as one. It's not distinguishing. When you say Torah mitzvahs, you just mean everything. The yeah. However, that which manifests, which is transmitted in the world, is only a reflection. 
Okay. So basically what he's been saying here is really more in Avedidika words, more in type of like, you know, explaining it in in the context of the Avedidika of Malachim and Shamas, what is the reflection within existence and that which is beyond. So he's just really tying it together to give us context of what is Er Primer and Makif here. And sometimes it says, Before we said, The entire world is filled with his glory. He said, That's a reflection. But sometimes it says, The heaven and the earth I fill. What's You say, I, not you're saying, There you're saying, your glory fills earth. Glory, as he said from the Targum Aziv, is only a reflection. Animale is now talking about the essence. Let's be clarified. When we say essence here, we're not talking about atzmus, atzmus. We're talking here relative to er hapnimi, you're talking about er makiv. That's what he's basically. Huh? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It can't be read the other way. I mean, sometime, not here. This context here, because he's speaking about these two levels. Remember, if you haven't learned anything else, air that's Megala the Etzem is a very high level. It's an extremely high level. I mean, we, we don't we, we don't really relate to it. Everything we relate to is is divine connected to us. Something divine that's just connected to divine, show me somebody that lives that way. Forget about Atmos. You know, everything we relate to is something about me. The idea of just celebrating God because he's God is very rare among human beings. We, everything we relate to is how God relates to us. Remember we spoke earlier about how it's lead type, how it's good for me. So the question is, is it good for me or is it just good in general? But it's still in the context, you know, he spoke earlier about every his bananus meditation can never really be outside of space. We are ultimately bound. And therefore, now obviously we're learning all this because we could lift our level, but raise ourselves. But the first thing you have to acknowledge is, like someone's told me, you don't say, you know, say Meidani, Lefanecha. The first thing I acknowledge is that Ni is not Lefanecha. The I and you are not the same. So the first thing we have to acknowledge is that that everything that we relate to is about me, me, me. That's the first most important thing that every Jew, especially religious Jews, have to acknowledge. Because if not, you become self-satisfied with your level, and you start fitting God into your terms. It's subtly, basically, Avodah Zarah at the end of the day. Because it's becoming about, it's all about you. So some people, about me is not secular. Some people, about me is religious. Religious self, religious self-interest is just as bad as, as not religious self-interest. The only thing you could say is, you know, at least you're doing what's right, and hopefully that's going to bring you to another next level. But to be satisfied with that, that's the first thing. Is I mean, if you want to spell this out, it means that the godly, I'm not talking now a person who's doing whatever he wants, I'm talking about the godliness within existence, is still within existence. So if you want a real difference between the two giluim, there's a real nafkamina, it's not just, they both are coming from the divine, but one is so-called, not, I want to say, could be trapped in existence. Subtly, yeah, you could say that, yeah, because you know why, what's Avedah Zara? It means self-worship, you know. Uh, pantheism is, 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 if you say, only thing I accept is the soul within my body that gives me life. I'm not interested in any God beyond that. What is that, essentially? So there's people who just completely don't recognize the soul or anything that's spirit, of spirit. 
Then there are those that recognize the spirit, but it's the spirit on my terms and what benefits me. I called it that. Consider that a I'm not asking that it's a vidzer where you have to uh, put him to death or something. But I'm just pointing out an afkamina, a real difference between the two. You know, so, so before even before getting to Atmos, just the idea of er to relate to something that is just doing it because it's revealing what God wants has nothing to do with me or any function outside of me is this higher level. That's what the Srafim recognize, and that's what we achieve through Torah Mitzvahs. We can't do this on our own. You can't reach there. The most you can reach is what a human being can aspire to in his transcendental, uh, with his transcendental uh, aspirations. I mean, the way we look at the Srafim, we also look at it, oh, they have, a, they have an urge that, that, that has to do with how they feel, but it's way beyond that. And even that, I, I look at it, I, I can't even relate to... Uh, correct, so. correct, correct. Look, when we say Nadav and Avir ran into the Mishkan, of course, inappropriately, but they ran in out of, like, like the Erechaim says, out of deep passion and love and yearning. You know, they saw the first day the Mishkan was there, they saw the Divine Presence. For anyone that has a deeper yearning, that's a major, very seductive. So they, that was also a major yearning. Yeah. At the end, yeah, but remember, they, their sin was, it wasn't yet, later God says to them, you know, this is how you enter the Holy of Holies. At that point, they weren't forbidden from doing it. So it wasn't considered a sin. It was not right, but it wasn't a sin. Later, God says, don't enter the Holy of Holies under, unless certain conditions. We don't call it a chet of another review. We call it, uh, we call it, they got burned up by it. But, but uh, the intentions were pure, but they were wrong in what they did. Self-serving that they want to experience. Relatively, yeah, obviously. That's why. Yeah. But remember, Moshe says to Aaron that uh, that uh, that that these are the people. That they, I knew that they. You know the, the, what Rashi brings. The Kravia Kaddish. That with my close ones, God said, I will be sanctified. So I thought Moshe said it would be you and me. It's your children who are closest. So it's a, it's a sign of a great revelation, but it's like. But the point is, yes, at the end of the day, that's not the, the kavana. But don't dismiss what their aspiration was, a very deep one. Most people wouldn't run to the Mishkan like that. They'd be busy with their own stuff. But yet, during the second base of Mikdash, when they do a suicide, every, every face yeah. going, God will uh, do it. They would, <laughs> okay, it's similar, because the experience was such of such uh, power. Yeah, look, as I said, most people are busy with their mundane things. They're not interested in going to Kodesh Kodesh. Anyway, so now he's speaking about Ani. Ani made Al-Atmus. This apparently contradicts the Mashakasim Lekolaritz Kvede. What we said earlier. It, 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 it seemingly contradicts what we said that, that your glory fills the world. Which is only a reflection. Here you're saying what fills the world is Ani. I, Atmus. That's, and there it said, what fills the world, like Allah, it's is only a reflection. He's, asking, he's, he's, he's not explaining, obviously, there's two levels, but he's saying that apparently there's a contradiction here. Because it says the same thing. Who fills Mole? It says Mole, Ani. Same words, Mole. Ani Mole. Heaven and earth I fill. And there it says Mole, also Mole. Mole, it's The whole earth is filled with your glory. So if you just read the two verses side by side, one says honor, one says ani. 
said. He's going to answer that's two levels, obviously. But I'm just, but but he does say the Apparently, seemingly, it's contradiction. And then there's another pasuk that seemingly contradicts here. This is a pasuk that Shleim HaMelech, King Solomon, says to Hashem when he told him to build the base of Migdash. He said, I will rest there. So Shleim says, Heina Both the heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain you. And this contradicts seemingly, apparently, that I do fill heaven and earth. So one says, only the reflection fills. Shleim HaMelech's statement goes even further. It says, heaven cannot, heavens and heaven of heavens cannot fill you, contain you. And I was saying, that I do fill heaven and earth. It's a whole different thing. One says, I, I fill, and one thing is, it contains me. That means all of me. I mean, obviously, it's two different states, two different, completely different. So you don't understand the question? No. Because... When you say I I I I I I I fill the cup, and the other one is but you're giving it, but you say you but you contained in the cup. I mean, it's a two different slants on it. I mean, it seems like a whole different thing. First of all, I don't necessarily agree with you. If you read the two verses simply, one says I fill heaven and earth. I meaning Atmos, and he means all of me. I mean, means all of me. Atmos. I says and he means I. He doesn't say. If you only said the two verses, my honor fills heaven, and then he says, heaven cannot contain me, that would be that consistent. Because it doesn't contain me, but it contains my glory, covet. But since it says, ani mole, I'm, I, it's, I, I'm ani, I fill it, the ani, the atmos, seemingly contradicts. I know, the Shemesh Ma'am Leik says, basically, the heaven and heaven cannot contain you. So why is it saying, a simple verse, that I, the etzim of me, is, is, is fills the world. It seems contradiction. That's what he says. For you do a inyan bezen, it's known the inyan in this is answering now. The mashakosav animale. That what it says animale. He's going to explain that I feel ein hakavona shabab b'chinas yislapshus panimi mamish. When he says shashmayim v'shavats animale that I feel heaven and earth. The, purpose, the meaning in this is not that it comes in a very internalized, islapshus, manifest way, literally, mamish. Because he says, the heaven and earth I fill. The The mere fact that he says it, he equalizes them. He doesn't say, meaning that heaven and earth I fill equally. That means there's no distinction between them. And then, as we discussed, in energy and in life force that internalizes, it cannot be the same. There's a different energy in Shemayim and heaven there is in earth, which is what distinguishes between the two. Here it goes. He literally refers to it. As we discussed earlier from chapter 2 till here, as I said, 47 chapters. That the internal energy comes in a manifest, manifests in a in a in a in a state of division, separation, distinction, diversity, in the world's bekelim, and it contains in the way 
and the way that the energy and the revelation is uh, manifest, that how is distinguished, Tema, they're separate, these energy manifestations, but my loss on, in their, in their uh, quality, and their level. So the fact that he says, it's all this pointing out, the fact you say, see, when you say, you're only saying, if he would say, okay, the fact that he says, it means there's an equalization going on, which is not possible with Er Pnimi. Well, he's continuing to make the case how Er Pnimi has distinctions. Af yodi yozda aretz v'yemini, not to yemini u'bara shemayim. Af yodi, also my hand, yozda aretz, um, established the earth, yozda from the word yesod, like foundation, v'yemini, not to yemini u'bara shemayim. I, not to yemini, I moved, I waved my right hand, and I created heaven. So right here you see, you see from this verse that in heaven is a higher revelation than in earth. Because it says by Yodi, Af Yodi the also my hand, meaning any hand, founded the earth. But Yemini, specifically my right hand, shaped, with uh, the wave of my right hand created Shemaim. So we see that Shemaim and Aretz are two different levels. And another Posuk, he's bringing constantly Psukim here. I respond, I answer to heaven, Vahim, and they, Yanu Asaritz, respond to earth. So we see that the transmission to earth is comes through heaven. I first will respond to heaven, and they will then respond to earth. All these verses, this is the level, this is the level of the cosmic order, as we spoke, the hierarchy, that transmits from level to level. Shemaim is higher, higher, Eretz is lower. Like when we talk about cause and effect. Cause and effect. is generally the description when we talk about the gradations of levels, as he discussed earlier. There's no jump when it comes to Ilaval. Things go level to level to level to level. You know, think of it like a chain. When you talk about a chain. When the effect receives through the interve- inter- intervention or through the interface of the cause, I should, and let me recorrect my, my phrasing. Like in the cause and effect. The effect receives through the interface of the cause specifically and not from the atzmi, not from the essence. In other words, when you talk ilavol, you're talking about gradation of levels. You talk about, uh, let's for argument's sake, say, uh, you have a hierarchy. Moshe Rabbeinu transmitted to Aaron. Aaron transmitted to his sons. His sons transmitted to the Zkenim. You know, Moshe Kibbal Terim is Sinai. Masarli Yeshua. Yeshua the Zkenim. So that's an orderly progression. Every orderly progression means that there's distinctions of levels. There's a hierarchy. One thing leads to the next, to the next, to the next. So it's not like the, 
the, with the one level is receiving from the essence. They go through, every level receives from the level before it. Since it's in this type of structure, so also naturally or inevitably, also the cause does not receive straight from the essence, from the source. Rather, also from a reflection, from a reflection that's above it. So we're talking here levels, levels, levels. And in this verse it said, the, the heaven and the earth, I feel, that both everything receives from Atmos. In other words, that verse clearly stating is, is, is not referring to levels. He's saying, like a general statement, heaven and earth, Ani, fills. He's, he's demonstrating and answering the question this way. So therefore, so therefore it's understood that this is not an internal manifestation, rather in a form of makif, surrounding, which equalizes. And what it says, that I, I fill it, because the word filling apparently means to fill, is not to surround. When you see something as male, mamale kalalman means mamale, it fills, that's what the word male means, mamale means. So the question now is, what is the word male if you're talking makif? It should have said, ani nimtza, or ani mahave, or ani, I mean, there's other words that could be used. So, marashkos ani male yom b'pnei er makif gamkein ba b'teich kol elm is b'pnei Is because the, 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 even the transcendent energy also comes into the world internally. He's going to explain what that means. Like he says in Tanya in chapter 48, the word Sevev, when he interprets what does Sevev Kal Alman mean. So literally the word Sevev Kal Alman means it surrounds the world, all the worlds. Mamala Kal Alman means it fills all the worlds. So if you think about it as energy, there's energy that permeates, enters, penetrates, pierces, and there's energy that surrounds. Like an aura type of thing. So he says there in Tanya, when you say Sevev, ain't Pidushu Sevev Makif Mamaila. Does not mean that it surrounds Sevev, it surrounds a Makif and, and encompasses from above. The Be'emes who Betech Kol Nivrim Betech Yusuf Primuse. Because in truth, Sevaklam is also within every creature Betech Yusuf in its innards and its in, insides. Rakshainim is Samsum Lafiyadachanivra. It's only that it doesn't get diminished and does not become concentrated or, uh, I would say, uh, har- not harnessed, um, channeled or commensurate to the parameters of each creature. That it should be within it, tfisa, graspable, containable, and manifest mamish. So, for example, when we say the soul exists within us, there's a soul inside each of us. So we say that there's a measure of the soul which we call nefesh. There's nefesh roch neshama chai When you say nefesh, you're talking about the soul that manifests in chayes and nefesh. What is actually giving life to my arms and my legs and my heart and my mind and my that? That, you can say, is, is, is mamale. But then you say, in your nefesh, you also have yechida or chaya. So yes, it's inside of me, not inside of you. But you cannot say that it manifests in a, on a daily basis in any focused or defined way. 
Like the energy that goes into our eyes or, use, or our brains or our hearts is not Yechida. You say Yechida, Yom Kippur, when a person is serious Nefesh, when a person is really challenged, and then something comes out of them like that desire to do something that's beyond what they would ever do, that means something touched them. So that would be, it's, so, so when you say Makif, it doesn't mean it's outside of me, it's inside of you. That's what he's saying. But it's not commensurate. It's not part of that manifesting based on the containers of your faculties. So you could have something within, but it's not manifest within. That's what the Tanya says. This is Tanya, by the way. Seva Kalam. Shouldn't make the mistake that you know. Obviously, we're also not talking physical space. So we talk about Seva. You know, yes, you could say that by a chuppah. Chas and Kal stand each other, and the, the chuppah is a makif. Or you put on a talus, a talus is a makif, it surrounds your whole body. Tzitzis is like a primi. That's on a physical level we all can relate to. But if you think of the spiritual dimension of talus, when you put on a talus, what's happening is, it's awakening the makif dika energies that are within you. Within you, but not measured. In other words, what he's saying here, that the makif dika energy doesn't mean it's out there somewhere. It's within, but it's not within on the terms of the object that it is uh, where, where it enters. It's not on our terms. Where Mamala Kalaman is specifically on our terms. It's measured each level. So if you say, for example, you could say there's more Gilui, like you talk about Shemayim Va'aretz, and our human being also. Shemayim would be, let's say, our minds and our, our legs. Our legs walk on earth, and Shemayim is our minds are able to sue Marimein Echem, Vurumi Barel. You look up with your eyes to heaven, and you can see who created it. So what's the difference between our legs and our head, and our eyes, or our, brain, our minds? Our minds are able to comprehend abstract ideas, godliness, and so on, spirituality, divine. The legs are functional. They're also alive. So if you talk about uh, revelation, there's much more of the soul, so to speak, in the mind than there is in the legs. I'm talking about the, the divine element of the soul. If you talk about the life force, nefesh, biological life, the, 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 one body, that's alive. So bottom line is, in other words, that there is a there's an element of the life force that is distinguishable, and there's an element of the life force that's equalizer. And I just gave this example. The example is not perfect because actually here, in a way, the nefesh part is... Yeah, it's almost the opposite. Right. But I didn't mean it that way. I just went to this, I wanted to just point out that there are levels. Yeah, because they're the opposite, right. Because there, in nefesh, you'd say there's differences between one and the other. The truth is, that's also correct. There's more energy in the brain. It gives off more heat than the energy that's going into the legs, for example. Um, but bottom line is the point is that there are things that within, when I say within, but they're not within, they're not manifest, they're not dressed up within. So that's the point. So therefore, that's why you could say mole. Because mole here doesn't mean mamale, as in mamale kalam, and it means it's in, but it's beyond. V'zeh shomer ihu tofiz bekule almond v'lesman the tofiz bay. And that's what it says. Ihu. You. Tofiz bekule almond. You manifest within all the worlds v'lesman the tofiz bay. And there's nothing that can manifest, that can grasp you. You you are grasped, tofiz bay. You are um, within all the worlds, but the worlds are not within you. You manifest in all the worlds because you are there. You are in, turn, in within them. 
and, and that's the primary energy. shapes the energy according to each particular creature. But what creates existence? It's Seva Kalam. The less man, the toughest bay, and the second half is nothing can grasp you. Nothing can grasp this define this infinite light. So basically, you see that it's 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 in there from its perspective. It's within all of existence, and actually, is the primary force that gives life. But from our perspective, we can't grasp it because it's beyond the structure. And we could grasp the other levels, the level of mamalakolam. And now he's going to reconcile it with the other verses. Well, he already did already. He basically gave us the answer. That when it says, it's you're talking about the reflection, and only in earth, not Shemaim. We're here, we're talking about Ani, Atzim, that's an equalizer. And Mole, in Malekolaz Kvede, is Primius, Malekolam, inner energy. And doing the creation. The Midas are like, think of the Midas like the paintbrush that creates the details. Whereas, but what gives it the power to actually create something from nothing? It says in the that the Chaymer is created from Saivavklam, the Tzura. So the Midas, the Midas, he says, are necessary for the, 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 the creation. But if you only had Saiv, you wouldn't be able to, there would be no, this, there'd be no diverse universe. Yeah. 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 And there's many levels here. Remember, at the end of the day, we're going to learn that Seva Kalaman, there's two things. There's creation. So Seva is the primary driving force of creation. And the Midas are what shapes it into details. Or generally speaking, Seva of Mamale. Seva is like the Creator, creative force, and Mamala is the is the shaper. Yom Echad was like uh, basically uh, was Oh no, but I'm going to go further. One second. Then comes the revelation. What we reveal. So the Moichin intellect reveals a godliness in Mamala Kalam, and that's deeper than what nature is. And Seva Kalam later will learn reveals a beyond. That's what's beyond existence. So you have to distinguish whenever you're talking about these things, where you're talking about creating the creating process, or the Aveda, the, the thing that we add well, through our work that we reveal more than what is there, based on what's necessary. So now, so okay, so we answered that question. And also, he says that the heavens cannot contain. So he's not going to explain that, but basically we already have the answer because Animole is talking a makif that's there and an equalizer. And now he says. And this is also what it says, that the heavens and the heaven and the heavens cannot contain you. What Shlema Melech was saying, that it cannot contain you to be a container for the infinite light. So not only is it not a contradiction, they actually they, 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 they complement each other, these two verses. To be manifest in an internal way. And that's why this infinite makif light energy is in heaven and earth equally. Because the makif, the transcendent energy, does not have within it 
any distinction of levels. And what manifests, what it transmits into the world, is not manifest in an internal way, energy inside of a container. And that's why it's in all the worlds equally. So we have the answer to all the questions. You see? The answer is, that when he's saying heaven and heavens cannot contain you, contain you meaning... You contain them, but they can't contain you. Like he said, "Iu tofes be less man the tofes be." Iu tofes bekulamun rather, and nothing can grasp him. So that's what he's saying: the heavens and heavens cannot contain you. But animale, but he fills them with that makivdik type of energy that's beyond. So it's really the negate. This is a detail. This is a what uh, say the. Um, with what I want to use, the detailed negation of pantheism, of Spinoza's pantheism, where for him, God is nature, nature is God. Only Elohim. Elohim gematri hateva. Not just God is nature, nature is God. So we say, which is similar to this expression. He is the space of the universe, but the universe is not his space. Which means God is also Havaya. And then we say, Havaya hu Elohim which is the main declaration, Yom Kippur of Achtus, of unity, that there's also a transcendent dimension that's beyond us. This is the negation. So, that's the verses. So, Shmei Shemaim Shalakil means that's negating pantheism. You could say that alone is that like Elohim. The reflection fills the world. Okay. So you could say, okay, where is the part that's higher than reflection? You could say, you know, beyond earth. It doesn't exist here. No. That's also not correct. That would be the meaning that the universe is only connected to God, that the lower dimension, and the other God has so-called Ozov, left us. That's, that's another that's theory. Like Aristotle. Right. Then he says, no. So the second verse says, my Not just my revelation, also fills heaven and earth. But now I fill it like an equalizer. Don't think that I fill it like the level of reflection. I remain beyond it while I fill it. And that's why it says, heaven and heaven and heavens don't contain, cannot contain me. So there's both expressions. You could either say God, the higher, the transcendent dimension is not here, God forbid. Or it's here on our terms. The answer is no. There's, there's a part of the divine that's on our terms. There's a part of the divine that's here but beyond us. And then there's... Um, and, and we cannot contain that part. Right there, you got it. These verses explain it all. So if anyone ever asks you why is Spinoza wrong, he says, because the Pasuk says otherwise. <laughs> now he's going to explain all this. So all this is Makiv Bishav. Fine. So really, what he's made, so far in this chapter, what the case that the Rebbe Rashab is making, he's establishing Er Makiv in context of the verses and the prayers. You know, in other words... It's very much part of our daily davening, all this. He's just putting things into that context. So we have here, it's not just some esoteric ideas. He's grounding it all. You see, it referred to chapter 2 and on. So clearly, he's like summing up that Er Pnimi we've discussed. And now, he's the contrast of Er Pnimi and Makif. So it's a transition, really. And we're moving, so to speak, to the next level. It's really, it's unbelievable. It's... A, it's it's extremely eloquent, like uh, like a painting. They're slowly building. So you could say, basically, what you have here is a summary. The first 47 chapters, 48 chapters of Ayin Bez is Er Pnimi primarily. And 49, 
a little earlier, 46, 47, but 49 primarily begins now moving to El Makif. It's like, uh, you know, when you think about it, like in terms of someone ever, in the future, someone ever wants to learn, you want to say, want Arapanimi, you got to learn the first 47 chapters of Ayin Beis. I mean, you'll have in there from all my marim, but there's no one that has 47, there's no Maimah that has 47 chapters. So even that is already a, a type of uh, compendium of everything you need to know about Arapanimi. Really, that's what it is. It's a thorough overview of what the, what the internal energies, integrated, the integrated, you can call it the first 47 chapters is, 48 chapters is integrated circuits. The mid the mid have also had a couple of very, very long, maybe 47 chapters, right? No, I don't think that long. There's nothing that long. The longest mime from the middle is Vayakel and Teres Chaim. It's long, but it's maybe 40 pages. Here we're talking about, first of all, 86 pages. And uh, not, who's pulling rank? We're not pulling rank here. It's just uh, so now he's going to explain the to understand this with an example. Yuvenzel will understand this al derech moshul. Like for example, harotzus shebenefesh, the desire within the soul, desire within the spirit. The ima yeshu gamkin kayach benefesh, even though it's also a faculty from the soul. Nevertheless, is distinguished, different than all the faculties in this, that it is not a, a, a substantial thing. What he means by that, means it's not a, an existent, a, a, a defined substance outside of the nefesh. Remember before we spoke about the color, the color of an object, or the glow on the face. That's not something that's outside of. It's a result of, an extension of, the actual face, or the actual item. We talk about the function of something, so it's not just its look. I look at a cup, for example, I see the look of the cup. That look is part of the cup. It's telling me what it is. All it is is a descriptive element of the cup. If I say, okay, the cup now I can fill with water and drink from it, that's already the function of the cup. So that already is, the fun- is, is its purpose. Rotson, as a po- the other faculties, they all come from the nefesh, all faculties. But the other faculties have distinct purposes. This is to see. This is to hear. This is to contemplate. This is to feel. To walk. To write. Etc. To taste. When you say nefesh, when you say rotson, rotson does not have this type of definition. What is desire? Desire is very all-encompassing, as he's going to explain. All the faculties, remember we spoke again about purpose, and this is key. When you say, it's also coming from the source, and God wants it. But God wants it, like he said, there's no, the esospherus, and the tzorich they're for the they're, 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 they're for the need of the world. They're not there on their own. So every function is going to say has a particular role. All the faculties are in a separate state of being outside of the essence of the soul. Take the faculty of intelligence, the mind. 
Shula Haskil is Chakim Bechol Dover Seichel Vachachma. Its role is to Lahaskil to conceive of Ulis Chakim and to um, the Haskil as Chakim. How would I translate different? The Haskil as Chakim is to conceive. It's to conceive of Ulis Chakim and to. To be wise, to be wise about the chol dover seichel v'chachman, everything that has intelligence and wisdom. So harihu b'mitzias la'atzmei. That is a very defined function. So it's a mitzias la'atzmei. Remember, we're not talking about mitzias la'atzmei that it's outside of the soul, meaning that it's like something you create a, a house or a box or you put outside. It's a function of the soul, but this function is outside of the essence, meaning it has a defined role to play. It's an it's a, it's a independent force. That's not the essence of the soul. It is the substance, what we call seichel and chokhmah. Particular function. And even though it's the soul that is conceiving of ideas, you don't say, you don't have like a, it's not like an a independent contractor. Right? The brain and the mind are not an independent contractor. It's the soul conceiving. He's asking that. It's a nefesh is, yes, the nefesh is conceiving of, is conceiving and mishakim contemplating with the faculty of seichel within it. And that faculty is not the essence of the soul. So yes, it's the soul using, so to speak, that faculty that it has, but it's with the faculty that it does. It's not just the soul expressing itself, because this one, is because it's expressing itself specifically through a faculty called Chochma. Is there an There is. Rotson is going to reflect the Atmos HaNefesh, Yechida, Mysterious Nefesh. There are things we do that, for example, um, yeah, he's going to, disc- this is the, he's making a distinction now. He's talking now the faculty dimension. Rotson, on the other hand, does not have any substance of its own outside of the essence of the soul. What's when you say desire? Desire is just simply the idea of the, 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 the leaning toward and the gravitating of the spirit to anything, to anything. It doesn't have its own agenda. No, there's no, there's no, not, I'm going to say agenda is not the right word. It doesn't have any substance of its own. All it is, it is a completely agent of the soul, whatever the soul desires. So we say, for example, the soul desires to, to study, to use the mind. The soul desires to feel something. The soul desires to have a meal. So from the point of view of the mind, the feeling and the meal... There's a distinction. Each of them has a particular tool. You know, you could say you can call it tools. Maybe that's a good... Tools are instruments. When you use tools and instruments, let's say you use a hammer, a screwdriver, or a computer. Yes, it's you using it for what you want. But the, but the, but the tool on, is a tool. It's a specific tool. The faculties are tools and instruments of the soul. Rotson is not a tool instrument of the soul. Rotson is the captain of the ship. That basically expresses the soul's desire so to whatever anything you're doing. Yeah, so it's more reflection of the essence, right? Yeah. 
It's not that. There's always a higher than lots. He says, Hatiyas Hanefesh is the soul, like he said in the beginning of the whole Hemshech, he said, Keser, Rotsen, that you are who you are essentially, and then God desired, all the it arose in his will. But that will is an extension of, of, of himself, meaning that alone, if you, let's, let's say you had, the, let's say God forbid, a person has a stroke, they can have a desire for something, but they're, they're, their instruments aren't functioning. So the desire is there, and there's no way to express it. So you can have rotsen without the faculties. Can you have the faculties without rotsen? Probably not, because there's nothing driving them. I mean, you have them physically existing, but... I have rotsen to learn, but I don't have the faculties. Everything is relative. So the Rebbe once suggested, Label Posen told me somebody to study Tanya. He said, what should we learn? He said, Tanya. And the guy started, and he was by the Rebbe, and the Rebbe, it was before the Rebbe's leader of the CS, before Tafshin Yud. And the Rebbe said, how's it going? So he said, um, he doesn't understand anything. So the Rebbe said, that's a good beginning. Because in that understanding, we're all equal. In understanding, this one understands a little more, a little less. You hear? The Rebbe said, in verstehen, I'm So, you're becoming like the Shrafen. You know that this is a... That, that, that's already a big level. If you say, I know that I don't get it, then that begins, that begins the yearning and the passion. Did you see this one? I just saw this letter. Amazing. Not letter, uh, the Shechidus. There was a guy that was by the, uh, that he was living, I think, in, in uh, well, no, I don't know where, I think in maybe Europe. And he was becoming from and so on, and he had a problem because he was, he was in love with his girlfriend who wasn't Jewish. He couldn't let go of her. So the guy, the, the Shliach says, why don't you go see the Rebbe? So he went to see the Rebbe. He started crying, you know, he tells the Rebbe, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting into Yiddishkeit, but I have this uh, situation, and I can't get a... So the Rebbe said to him, I envy you. You saw that? I envy you. Why do you envy me? So he says, because I never had this temptation, this, this test. If you have such a test, it means God gives you strength to overcome it. That was like changed his whole attitude. Never said I was never tested this way. The envy was for the strength that you have. So, Doctor, stop! Don't be so uh, self-denigrating. Okay. Look, you see, I think it's also very important when we talk about the subject matter is to understand that. Uh, um, See, we think in tangible terms. It's hard for us to relate to Rotson in general. Because, we, you know, we can understand, okay, the brain is functioning. It's, it's contemplating. Even that's a mystery, but we can relate to it somewhat. And God forbid something happens, you know, we can relate. Our hand, my hand is writing. And if I'm weak, I can't write so well. I'm stronger, I write better. You know, I mean, we relate to that. We relate to Er Primi. That tells you exactly what, that just proves what he's saying here. We relate to Er Primi, that's why it's Er Primi. Because we can relate to it. So for talk about Er Makif, right away you know you're right away talking about something I can't really relate to. That's why it's Er Makif. Because the whole point of Primis, it says, is that it's lapsus in, in the Kalim, on our terms. So how could people who are, live our entire lives driven by Eris and Kalim, where we relate to things, suddenly talk about something that is not inside Kalim? 
The reason we can is because our neshama has also that dimension. That's why we could. How could we relate to Sevuk? How do we relate to something like he says? It's within, but it's not manifest there. We're talking about quantum. How do you relate to quantum? You can't relate to something that you don't have some concept or at least imagination of. So it means because we have within ourselves all these elements, except it requires much more thinking. That's why Rotson is always, I remember from the first time I ever learned it, it was always remained, like, you know, it remains hard to re- completely relate to. But that's exactly why it's, that's why it's Rotson. It's just like, what, what is this exactly? You start wondering, what is this desire? Like, and then you realize, why am I asking that question? Because I need to quantify it. Why do you need to quantify it? Because we quantify everything. We want to know where is this desire. And the answer is, it doesn't occupy space in that sense. Meaning, it's, a, it's not an instrument. I mean, you could call it a general instrument of the soul, but it's not a specific instrument. So that's what he's saying here. And therefore, when it comes to faculties, all the faculties, even when the nefesh mistalekas mem, even when the spirit is removed from them, nisher behem ezed dover k'moi b'keich hasechel k'shmaskel ez inyan harigam k'shmaskel nefesh mistalekam in nisher askol etzle. Hmm, what does this mean? What does this mean? I'm not clear. I'll tell you literally what he's saying. He's saying that's when the fact is that even when the nefesh leaves, something remains. Like, for example, the the faculty of intelligence. When you conceive of some subject, even when the nefesh, when the spirit, mistalekas, Leaves removed from the sin, still the intelligence remains with him. I'm not positive what he means. I think what he means is because he's going to say the next line. Let, let's read the next line, I think. And even more so, for sure, when you transmit the idea to another. Or when it comes in writing. That's what he's saying. I understand. I'll, I'll get, from there we can understand. And it's engraved in a book. It's forever. It remains forever. The idea is there forever. Aha. One second. No, 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 I'll tell you what I think one second. And also in yourself, and also within himself. That's what he means. The, 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 the idea remains even when even when, when he leaves that subject matter. Okay, that's what he means. I, I was confused because he said nefesh mistalekas. I thought, what is nefesh mistalekas? What, a person dies? Or, or like, what, what does he mean? He means like this. When you um, begin to conceive of an idea, so your nefesh is is is, is uh, invested, is invested, and you're conceiving. What happens when you stop conceiving? You go out to eat a meal. The idea remains inside of you. He's going to say desire doesn't work that way. If there's, if, if you'll see in a second. But so therefore, the, the, what remained is the idea remained. Like you may be, you may not be conscious of it. That's what he means. When your conscious spirit is removed from the idea that it conceived, the idea remains. And even more so, we see it with a student. 
In other words, it's not like air, like the sun of the light, light of the sun. You remove the sun, the light disappears. Here it remains. Seichel, it's, it's proving that seichel is a dover bifniatzmi. It's a substance outside of you. Because not, not, not that your brain remains, not that the, the conceiving remains, but the, what it's produced. The idea that it was produced has now been given to a student or committed to paper. And even in yourself, when you're no longer invested in it or you've moved on to something else, the idea was created and it forever remains. And every moment you're able to remind yourself of it. That's what he means. Okay, You're able to retrieve it. Because it remains in his mind as it's known. And even something that's completely concealed, also a residue or an impression of it remains in your mind. Like it's known about dreams. That they come from the thoughts that you had during the day, even over an extended period of time. So he's bringing a proof from that. You may have thought about something, who knows when, and you have a dream suddenly one night about it. Not just them that day. That means that something etched in your consciousness is there. So clearly you see that intelligence remains even after so-called the conscious experience of it. The same thing is with the emotions, another faculty. That the goodness that you did, Let's say you know you have kindness that you shared with someone, you extended to someone, or kindness within your heart. That also remains. Or kaigavna, etc. And similar to others, kaigavna. Or other, in other words, other results of midas, of emotions. We're not talking here about the actual favor you did to someone in action. The physical transmission, you gave him money or food or... or uh, or some, some other um, kindness that you extended. We're not talking about the actual. Obviously, you give somebody a charity, it remains forever. But that's outside of you. That's not a faculty. That's a result of the faculty. He was talking about the spiritual or ethereal faculty within it. Like, for example, that he gave him something with a smiling face, with a pleasant disposition. Um, and also said kind words to him. Mephayase means consoled him. Shalom Razal, Mephayase biyur alef. Like the Chazal say, Razal say, Mephayase is even more than the charity. When Mephayase, you get an, an, like an 11th uh, uh, reward. In other words, you can give Zdaka, there's 10 levels of Zdaka. You can give Zdaka, you can give it with a sour face. You give it a mafaisi, you're not just smiling, but you're also mafaisi. You say something kind to the person. That's an additional thing. The hapius, esa hagbo abamakabal. Why? Because when you console someone, pius is more than a console. Pius is also, you empower them, you're giving them strength. You, 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 build them up. Yeah, huh? Build them up a little. Yeah. Move your glasses. Um, and you, yeah, pius is. You relax them, pious, you, you, you calm them. So he says, why? Because that lifts up the makabal. When you mafai someone, it lifts them up. Encouraging, yeah, empowering. And this empowerment, this encouragement, 
remains also afterwards. That's chesed. Same thing as gvura. He, what he's trying to point out all of this is that that the faculties, because they're instruments, they create something that remains forever, even after the actual function is doing it. We're not talking about the results of it. We're talking about the thing itself remains. Like the intelligence remains, same thing as the kindness the, the, the kindness remains. Besides the physical thing you've helped and given someone. So we see from this, um, all the faculties, something remains. Something remains. Because they are a separate entity outside of the nefesh, they're an instrument outside of the nefesh, meaning, not outside, it's the nefesh working through them, but it's an entity, a definable entity. That's why when the nefesh is removed from them, in other words, nefesh meaning that right now the nefesh is no longer using this instrument, but something remains from there. Nishimem Dover. Avabaratsan Eneke. However, with with desire, it's not that way. The Kishadet says a Dover when a person when, when someone desires something, Hinikishnistalka nefesh mzele nishaklum. Once the desire, once the soul is removed, nothing remains. Because the Ratsan is just the leaning of and the, the gravitation. What do I say? That's more than gravitation. When something is drawn, the drawing, yeah. The leaning and the drawing of the nefesh to something, being drawn to something. That's what the Ratsan is. All it is is the leaning and the, the drawing of the soul. And that's why when the nefesh no longer is there, nothing remains. You, you follow that? Very simple. Either you desire or you don't desire. When it comes to intelligence, something remains. You, you, at that moment, you desired intelligence. So the Ratzin worked. The Chech HaSechel worked. What remains afterwards? Desire is gone now. But the idea remains in your brain forever. Or with a student. Desire is only while you desire it. There's no, nothing remains. I understand you could say, well, one second. If I have a taiva, let's say I desire something. So even afterwards, a residue of the desire remains. But not sure. What, 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 what does that mean? Then you're still desiring it. Then it means your nefesh is still desiring. It's not, not, nothing remained. It means your nefesh still consumed with it, except it's weaker. What do we call a bad midah? Like a bad midah is a midah. You just called it a midah. A midah is not a desire. I understand, but I didn't think it was technically bad midah. I just think like a bad habit or something. That's that's a midah. It's exactly right. It is a midah. It's a fa- it's it's like it's like bad habits. A ba- but a habit is not the soul. A habit is. Is a one of the faculties. It's one of the instruments. Let's say someone doesn't know use an instrument well. That's a bad habit. That the instrument of your emotions, your chesed, your gvura, and so on, are not being used properly. We don't say that the soul it develops a pattern. It, it, only instruments you say. The soul doesn't have any patterns. The soul is a, a pure soul. All the soul is, is energy. The soul is an energy force. Desire is its is its uh, is its agent. That's how I would say. The soul's energy, the desire is its agent, and the faculties are its instruments. If you want to put it that way. Now, if something remains from your desire, then the desire is still there. No, I wouldn't say that at all. No, 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 not necessarily. No. No, but I'll tell you why. Because, look, look, look. The, the faculties both extend from the soul and speak to the soul. So a person, for example, can 
let's say a person has a bad habit, okay? Or they're having difficulties in their marriage or in relationships with others. So there's two methods. One is you work with them, so to speak, what are the roots of the, what's causing them to behave that way. Another is behavioral. We say, you know, change this behavior, change that behavior. I did a lot of research on this topic. So I, the Torah, I was thinking, which one is the Torah? The Torah says both. The Torah says you need Aveda, Sanefesh, you know Aveda, work on yourself, Birur Hamidus, and so on. But the Torah also speaks a lot about behavioral. Behave that way, and you'll become that way. You know, like the Alter Rebbe's story. Like the Alter Rebbe's said, You know, the Alter Rebbe writes, uh, said to those, Snagdim came to the Alter Rebbe, and they said, Look at Yechsidim, they're hypocrites. They daven and this, and they're not, they don't hold by that. So the Alter Rebbe said, should be fulfilled in them, Maruba Midateva, the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, when a wealthy person behaves like a pauper, he'll end up being a pauper. So the Alter Rebbe is saying, so if they behave higher than they really are, they'll end up being that way. So behavior does have function. In Tanya, you have both elements. You have Ava Musuteris, that each of us has an inner unconscious love. But then there's behavioral. You have to work on your actions and your behavior. So I don't see what's the contradiction. Why is that a contradiction? When you work on your, uh, let's say, on your instruments, and you say, okay, I'm going to, I don't feel, I'm not in the mood, but I'm going to every morning say thank you. Or I'm going to help with something that I'm not interested in doing. I'm just do it behaviorally. So what happens is you are refining your instrument, which will ultimately draw out the healthier middle from within you. And later, not here, but other places, it speaks clearly that. It's like exercise. When you exercise your body, you draw out, but your muscles and the energy of your soul is drawn. That's not a contradiction to what he's saying here. Right. You're using words. Why don't you speak English? You're using words you read somewhere. What, what does it mean? Be specific what you mean. A pattern? There is a pattern. There is a scenario where the person has a ability, a drive, an unshaped drive, and it can take a, a particular shape and keep that shape. And part of the Veda method is to use that shape so that this drive, this power, can be used in a good way instead of a bad way. But, but the implication is that it has a way, it has a particular pattern that does stop it. And that doesn't sound to me that's called seems to be part of the Nefesh Bahamas, the nature of Nefesh Bahamas, the calls it Koyach Masaba. Uh, who calls it Koyach Masaba? Where did you see that word? No, no, no. And Tanya, Tanya, let's open a Tanya. Tanya says the first chapter that there's Midas Rois. People have Midas Rois. The Dalaj Yusaitis of Gaiva, anger. Midas Rois. He doesn't call it Koyach Masaba. Midas Rois. So you're saying words that you have to define. He calls them in Tanya. The whole Tanya talks about what you just said is bad habits or bad midas. So you can't say this. That's You can't say I don't know what you mean. You have to speak in English and you have to show me a source. Well, I just I just said to you what you just described to me. It says in Tanya calls it midas rois, bad midas. Well, midas also come from the nefesh. I don't know what you mean by call, you keep saying a word. Can you tell? And I called you. That's called midas rois. 
But you described is what he says in Tanya. You know the word Kayach Mesav. Why doesn't he use the word Kayach Mesav in Tanya? You're stuck to a word. You're not talking to a concept. You, you described in Tanya he calls bad Midas. Those aren't but why in Tanya? But in Tanya is in Tanya talking about what you're talking. about? Tanya talks the whole Tanya talks about how to be refine the bad midas of a person. With all due respect, with all due respect, yes. uh, but if you're asking a question on the Rebbe Rashab. You, it compels you to, to find where you're talking about that contradicts it. What I'm saying here doesn't contradict anything. So I have no problem if you have a question. But for you to have a question, maybe go back and you'll find out what you read is not exactly as you understood it correctly. Maybe you misunderstood it. What's, clearly, what's very clear here is that Rotson is a desire. It's not even saying good or bad. When the desire is there, it's there. When it's not, it's not, period. If something remains, means it's still there. It comes to a faculty, a midah, or a koyach, like he just said, he's speaking positive things, it remains. So yes, you know, you want to ask a question, is it, can a person be born with bad midas? The answer is, potentially bad midas, because we live in a world where there's a nefesh nefesh So in Tanya, you see, I like simple. In Tanya he begins, he says there's two nefashas. One is uh, Klippas Noga, and he brings the Dalad Midas Yusaid, Dalad Midas, Dalad Yusaidis Haroyim, the bad Yusaidis. Aish is uh, anger, Mayim, Ruach, Offer. He speaks all the different, all basically all the bad habits. They all come from the Midas of the Nefesh Abamis. It's called Midas of Nefesh Abamis. That's what it's called. And a person's work is to be either to repress them or to refine them. Those Midas, when you act on them, the same thing. The midah will relieve an effect, just like a good midah will leave an effect, will leave an effect. Rotson, on the other hand, as he says here, is desire. Desire, as he said, does not have mitzis dover ma. So, so therefore, nothing remains. Nothing remains. When your spirit, meaning your consciousness, is removed from it, nothing remains from the desire. Because all the faculties are mitzvahs dover batsman. They are a substantial thing. They are an instrument, a defined, independent, not independent, a defined um, instrument that has its parameters. It's one faculty, not another faculty. Mind is mind, heart is heart. Other every faculty, chachma is chachma, bina is bina, chesed, gvur, and so on. And and the function, and in the actualization of this faculty, it something comes of it. Something was created from it. As he said before, we're not talking now that something that you actually created something physical, like before when he said when you're kind and you give somebody something, a physical thing. Because that creating something physical altogether is not something in our power. The creation of something material from nothing comes from a level of ayin. That comes from yayin, meaning a power that's beyond us. 
Like it says, the mind that says that the creation of physical from the spiritual, from matter, from spirit, there's no greater yesh mind, no greater new creation than that. What's the kavona here? Here we're talking, the kavona here is that something spirit, something ethereal, is resulting from this faculty, that is commensurate with this faculty. Actually, it's different than what he said before. Before he said that he wasn't talking about the result, you're a kind person and you give somebody charity, so of course the charity remains with them, even when you're no longer uh, involved or no longer even interested in helping them. What you helped, you helped. Here he's going further, he's saying, that, that he also said was not it. What was it? What, what remains is the emotional kindness or the emotional consolation or, or, or encouragement that you shared. Same thing with intelligence. Here he's going and saying that we talk about something that comes out of faculty, we're talking about that's commensurate with the faculty. That the, the effects of this faculty of intelligence or emotions remains. Like the pool of the, the, the functionality of the faculty called intelligence, what happened? It created something called intelligence. An intelligent idea. And emotions and in emotions created a goodness, a kindness, and similar. Why? Because they are fundamentally a metzius. They're a defined entity. They're a defined existence, substance. Mashen came by Rotsen. On the other hand, by Rotsen, by will, desire, ain't a nasa dovel. Nothing was made. Nothing was created. Because it's not a metzius. It's not fundamentally a, a, a substance, substantial entity. It's not an instrument. All it is, is a the drawing, it's the revelation of the essence. And it is fundamentally ayin. Whereas the others are yesh. Every instrument has its yesh, has defined, has defined identity. This does not have a defined identity. All the Ratzin is, is an expression of the, of the soul's desire at that given moment. And that's why in the moment that you have this desire, you don't have any substantial thing. And when you cease having the desire, nothing remains. So when a person desires something, the desire itself does not have any substance. Now what you desire obviously does, but the desire itself, all it is is an agent of the soul saying, I want something. Well, and what is this above? All of creation, everything that came into being comes from desire. Like it says, everything he desires, God does. If this desire would leave, God forbid, Existence would cease to be. Interesting now. He's not saying the desire ceases to be. He's saying... Well, he's not really saying that either. See, according to the example, it seems like this, that when you have... Until faculties are functioning, something remains because they are existence. Rotson doesn't have any existence. So when the Rotson disappears, everything disappears. 
because nothing remains of that desire. God forbid. If the internal energies were removed, even though they would create concealment, nevertheless, something would remain. Like it's known in the, sub, in the matter of, we say, when you, you leave the, the, the energies, leave the containers, Nevertheless, they still remain concealed. Like when the soul leaves the body upon death, God forbid, the body remains, and, and even remnants remain. Right? It doesn't completely poof. It's like if it never existed. Like it says elsewhere in explaining on this and this and this statement. See, what's bothering me is like this. When we desire something, let's say we desire to, to use our minds. Okay. So the mind conceives of an idea. Now the desire goes away and the mind stops thinking. You're doing something else. The idea remains, but the desire doesn't remain. That's obvious. You know, now you're desiring other things or you're somewhere else. How's that work, Lamaila? Lamaila, God desired there should be a world. Okay, so, so as a process, He created 10 spheres. That the instruments, the ten spheres create existence. Now the desire goes away. Okay, so there's no more desire. Uh, because above, that's why because that's why he said in the parentheses, we don't create. See, by us, the seichel remains because we didn't create the seichel. By us, it's, you know, the seichel, he said, the, the commensurate to, the faculty remains an idea. By God, his desire actually creates existence. So if his desire disappears, means there's nothing left of the desire, then there's no existence. That's the thing. See, I, I was confused because why wouldn't something remain? By us, the desire remains. The seichel remains. Desire doesn't remain. That's why. But clearly here, everything disappears because of that. That's what he's trying to say here. But if the desire was not... But you see, then the question is, why is he bringing this? If the desire doesn't remain, here he wants to prove that des- nothing remains of the desire. Not that nothing remains as a result of the desire. Because we take it one step for, uh, further... Okay, fine, fine, fine. If you take it to the step when you put Hashem's rotzah. Bottom line: If Seva of Kalalman, if if of Kalalman leaves, God forbid, that's the desire for existence. It's all over. If Mamala Kalalman leaves, you have existence, but it's concealed. It's concealed, like he says, like it's like containers without energy or whatever it may be. Yeah, like he says there, he says that when the energies leave the containers, the containers still remain. Okay. Then he's giving another example. Gam Yeshlemer, you could also say, Shazayin Hasfichim. The Isra Bezeir. Sfichim. How do we translate Sfichim? Sfichim are vegetation growths that you plant seeds, but they grow later. It's like delayed. I'm not sure what the translation of Sfichim are. Nothing means with Sfichim, it's things outgrowths. Let's see what he says. It is the Bezer al Pasuk Erzerul Atzadik. In the Zer it says on the Pasuk Erzerul Atzadik, which means Erzerul Atzadik. A a energy or a light Zerua was planted. Zerua was for the Tzadik. So the Zer says Er Shenizrekfar. That this air was already planted earlier, before. 
What is it going on? It's talking about Zman HaGolos. You know, that means even though Zman HaGolos, things are concealed, that the garden does not, you don't see the garden revealed. Huh? What? Yeah. Yeah. Or I would say the garden is not in the garden. You don't see a, a, a flourishing garden, I believe is the meaning. I'll look it up and I'll correct myself if I have to. Right. Nevertheless, we have unities. Yechudim means that you have able to create unifications spiritually. That's because of the energy that's already been planted there. Like it says elsewhere. So this is a given example. This is an example, the helam. What does it mean? That yes, you don't see the energy, but it's not completely disappeared. Something is there. That's the point. Mashenkin berot arotzen. On the other hand, desire im hoyu mistalik chazrushom hoyakol mizbatel legamri. If it would be removed, God forbid, everything would disappear completely. You know the famous story between the. The two, the debate. How would God destroy the world if he wanted to? So the Baal Nigla, the scholar, says, well, he'd first bring a flood. You know, he brings verses. Then he would um, destroy life. Then he would bring a fire. And then spread all the ashes all over. It's gone. And the Chassid, who learns Shayachud Vamuna, says, he'd do one thing. Nothing. Nothing. He'd stop. He'd stop wanting. Right. So and that's what we say the everything then returns to the way it was originally and we need to draw down a new desire for kingship for ruling for sovereignty correct one second He's going to say that. We have to draw down a new desire for kingship and for creating and bringing into being the worlds. Now it's known that this siluk, this removal that happens right before Rosh Hashanah, like it says in Tanya, that this removal that happens right before Rosh Hashanah is only in Pnimis. The Pnimis but Chetzenius, he leaves so-called the functionality of the machine working. Because if the, the removal was also an external, everything would have become zilch. But what, let me ask, that night, Ephes. that night before we hit Shofar, that night, I say in Italian or Spanish, zilch. Uh, but that night, how does it affect us that night and we can see me have less great ideas, more great ideas, this, that. How does it affect our existence in a way that we can relate to that night? You know? Well, those that are sensitive to what's going on will. Can, not, n- neither am I. <laughs> so we just learn it. You know, the Alter Rebbe would fall asleep before Shabbos. Because Lamaila is also similar to like before Rosh Hashanah, every day, the Dormitur de Zah, it's called, the sleep of Zah. Rab Hill Paracher, who knew it, would go to sleep. And the rest of us are eating chont. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three levels. 
the third one is not mentioned in the story because there's no chiddush in that that we're doing all the time so there are those that are aligned and just feel it the Alter Rebbe when he was in prison says he knew when was day and night he knew the hours because he saw the tzeruf and right um, they also say like when the Hashem when was on Mount Sinai he knew when they said Baruch it was day and when they said Kaddish it was night look the other way around um, so there's a sense of that's, that's spiritual sensitivity you know, so I'm sensitive to those energies. I don't know if we can say that we actually sense it. All you can do is learn about it and just try to work on sensing it. Sheikh will come, we'll all sense it. You know, it does say on Shabbos, the Mittler Rebbe says the pulse of a Jew changes. That there are some physical effects of Shabbos. Some people say they feel it. Some people do. But you could also say psychologically, you know, Friday night. You know, after being trained, after a while, it becomes like you look forward to it. There's a certain calm. For some people, there's a little certain tension, but uh, that settles in. Can I say that's sensing what's going on in the Mila? So you're asking a general question: Do we feel Pesach, the, the, the spirit of Yitzchus Mitzrayim, and Shavuos Matan Torah? Most of us don't feel. But it's, but by us, look, you talk about behavioral. We work cognitively on understanding it. Behaviorally, we act on it, and hopefully, God will fill in the rest. The Rebbe once said by Fabrengen. That work with your Chabad, do the actions, and God will fill in that you'll feel it ultimately. So by a Seder, you feel it, but if you learn Chassidus, and then you do the actual Maiseb Apoyal, you hopefully the two ends, and then something will become to emerge. That's, I mean, Shema Yisrael Gam Chetzen, Yachol Ayin Vafes, everyone thinks of the Kolzeh Hulafi, Shadotzeh B'chinus Gili Menatzen. So actually, so Rosh Hashanah, he's actually bringing proof you thought you'd think he'd bring proof that attacking stops existing. He says no. It's attacking the rotsen, but it leaves something continuous for existence. Had it not, nothing would be. Sh- what all this comes to show, that the desire is just a revelation of the etzim. Think of it this way. Remember, I said before about functionality. This cup, the color, or the shape of the cup, or the look of the cup is completely only reflecting what the cup is. Take away the cup, there's no color left. There's no shape left. But the water that was in it that you drank, the function of it, because that's already a result of it. It's not a really, he, didn't want, he doesn't want to use the word example, the, 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 the water, but let's say the cup was able to share words with you. You said something kind to somebody. Or the cup was able to conceive of ideas. The ideas would remain, but the cup and, and its shape and color and its rotsum no longer are there. You see, in science, in neuroscience, what they would say is like this. You have the faculty, you have the, 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 the organs, let's say your arm. You have the nerves that travel to the spinal cord that connect to your brain. And the brain sends a message. So it works like this. They don't really talk so much about desire. They'll talk about the neurological forces that are more electrical impulses. But like what, what will make the brain want to now want something? That's a desire. Desire does not have any type of nerve endings. The desire tells the brain, which is an instrument for, the, for practical purposes, it's an instrument not just to think, but also the central nervous system. So it tells the brain, I want now to move my hand. So you move your hand. So there's like a bunch of things going on. The, the desire of the soul for whatever reason decide you want to move your hand, that in turn tells the mind 
to tell the hand to turn the hand. So you have here all these levels. So I'm just putting it in context. The brain sending the message to the to the hand is not the is not the mind. Is not the desire. It's already a step beneath the desire. It's the way I would say it. See, because sometimes it says in Chassidus that the proof that Rotzen is everywhere as opposed to faculties because it doesn't take any time from the time you have a desire, let's say, to move your leg. And I always wondered what that meant. But there's no time. Well, there's no. also takes no time from the brain to tell you, you know. It doesn't take time and nothing time. Nothing takes time. Why would anything take time? But that's uses. He doesn't bring that here, but he uses that example in places of Chassidus. You ever hear that example? So, so, so there, I understand in this context because since Rutzen has no, no, the point that it wants to make is that, for example, for the blood to rush from your heart to another part of your body it takes time. Make that split second, but it takes time. And same thing with the nerve impulse. Also takes time. I mean, it's instantaneous because the travel is so quick. But but it technically it could be measured, you know. Like from the moment when this, and you said, move your my toe. Whereas Rotson's desire is in a sense everywhere, so it doesn't. That's probably the reason, because Rotson is not using the nerves. It's, it's Rotson is a desire that is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. But the question is how that impacts. That's already through the nerves. Okay. Now we can see that, but then things take no time from a paired electron and... Like from the time you have a taiva till you act on it, doesn't take us. It's very similar to the, the, the quantum. <laughs> the very quantum, you know, you take a million miles away, you have a pair of electrons, you separate them, they're a million miles away, you do something in one, it doesn't go to speed of light, it goes instantaneous. That's it. You can actually see this in, in real life. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not smart enough to, to understand the whole thing of this content, but I know it's there. Well, we know also with the quantum level, they say that faster than the speed of light. I mean, it's some atomic particles. It's instantaneous. It's instantaneous. Not even close. I mean, no speed. Nothing. Right, right. That's the trying to say. Because now that's why the string theory comes in, because they say it's not traveling. It's all connected. That's, that's the reason. That's if it was traveling, it would take time. And Markov is all connected. connected. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No question about it. You know, with that, that doctor's neuroscientist in the, the TED conference, where she speaks about left brain, right brain, the stroke of genius. You ever see that one? I think so. Brilliant. So the field of energy, that the left, right brain sees everything as a field of energy. Which right away connects to me. Yeah, it's a similar idea. Anyway, so Rotson is a revelation from the essence, and it's therefore and it's in, and it's in a state of ayin be'etzim. It's fundamentally ayin, so it doesn't exist without the etzim. And with this, we'll understand how the Indian of Ein Eid will say nothing else. It's when we speak about the existence of a Yesh. Because the creation of the Yesh comes from the desire, like we said before, everything God desires, He creates. And the Ratzin is a level of nothingness. And its function is also that nothing, it, it, nothing, nothing outside of it that's separate from it, a separate entity is created from it. That's why when the desire disappears, I'm sorry, when the desire leaves, the function completely disappears.
And therefore, even while it was there, the truth was nothing. It was not in any real form substance at all. Let me finish and then I'll explain it to you. And elsewhere he explains that being that existence, that all of being of existence comes from Atmos and save the Hula Vadi because he is the only one that can truly have the power and the ability to create something from nothing, absolute nothingness. Like he says, and that's a Gersa Kedish Simachov. Therefore, just like Atmos existence and a non-existential existence, the same thing is Isavos. Existence is a type of existence, and all of existence is a type of entity that truthfully is not an entity at all. Okay, this requires a whole explanation. It's interesting that he suddenly brings this in here. It surprised me a bit because it's a completely different subject. <laughs> And the question is the connection to Ratzon. Sure, I mean, okay. I think it's a different subject. I think he's really saying the same thing. Because it's all him. <laughs> Everything else. So his desire, so the, 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 so, but we look at the, as the real world, the real world. This is a whole subject that comes from different places in Chassidus. Later, at the end of Ayin Vov, almost the end of volume 2, he discusses this at length, this piece here. And I'm wondering, that, that, that I'm sure the Rebbe Rashab added this. Looks to me, because it's the way he's jumping here. What did he just say? Well, he said the following. Well, needs one main main introduction that that is the transition is, that needs a transition from here to here. What's the transition? You 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 feel you understand it? The transition. Well, I guess I don't. No, maybe you do. Go ahead. Maybe you know. Well, he said like this. I'm trying to understand why he's saying it. I understand what he's saying. Why he's saying it, I'm not clear right. why. What he's adding. What he's saying is as follows. What we just established, he's moving it to another level completely. Because he's talking basically faculties and desire. So fine, the faculties are, let's call it yesh, they're mitzis. The rutzen, all it is, is a desire of the soul. The desire is gone, it's gone. Period. Take away desire, everything stops. It's, it's, it's the instruments that create things, and they're there. Okay. So now he's bringing it to a higher level. How does that understood in the union of bitla elmas? Let's move away now from faculties. Remember, he said lamaila. He started speaking lamaila. Holy service comes from rotsin. So everything comes from God's desire. Now the level of desire itself doesn't need to be reminded 
that God exists because it has nothing but God. It's constantly in a state of of, of uh, bittel. It's air mina etzan. It's air. Like sunlight. Actually, it's not like sunlight, but just to use that example, later he's going to make the sunlight. There's no sun, there's no light. That's it. The difference is that sunlight, he said earlier, has a function. Whereas, let's say, in this case, the light of the divine doesn't have a particular function to radiate. And it's also wanted. God wants this uh, light. Whereas sun, the, the light is, is, doesn't have a short. It's not the sun desires light. Okay. So here, God desires desire, so to speak. But desire has nothing of its own. Fine. But there's a whole creation that God put into place. So he's talking now about this creation, how it relates to the bitl. So if you talk about removing mamalakalam and you're talking about removing the energy that's primi, existence doesn't cease. It's bitl hayash, not bitl mitzias. Existence doesn't cease to be then. As he said, it'll be concealed. It'll be like the, the seeds in Golos. If you remove the, if you remove the rotsen, Everything ceases to be, like you said with Rosh Hashanah, that everything would cease to be if there was no chitzenis that remained. So now he's applying this. So that's when you say, Ein Eid, there's nothing else but him. That doesn't have to be said to the level of Ratzin. That's only specifically about the Yesh. It's telling us something about the Yesh. What is it telling us? What he said before. That you are really nothing. The fact that you think you're something is only from your perception as a result of the instruments, of the giluim, of memalakalam. But because you come from will, the desire, and the desire is nothing, nothing remains from the desire, therefore, if the desire wasn't there, you wouldn't exist. And since, potentially, you're constantly dependent on the desire, it means even while you exist, you're really not, not really existent. This does not mean it's an illusion, by the way, because God wants it. But it means it doesn't have any real value of its own. So it's like what it says about the, the in the Chassidus brings about Chayis, Maim Chayim. What's Maim Chayim? It has to be a river, a brook, or rather a spring, that doesn't dry up in seven years. Because even if it dries up in 20 years from now, a thousand years from now, so it's just a matter of time. So even while you're there, you're not really there. Like we say, a child, even when he begins, as soon as he's born, he begins to uh, die. He begins to deteriorate. You don't begin to age when you're 90. You begin to age the second you're born. Because the material world ages. So he's saying, so he basically he's using this, that's why it's a very concentrated point, but it's like a conclusion. In a, in a, so therefore, really, we're dependent on the Ratzin. So that's, I'm going to read it now again. This will help us understand how the Eineid is specifically around the Mitzvah Hayesh. Like he said before. It's the desire that creates yesh, not the giluyim. Um, the soul does not create the body. The body has to be created from save of Kalam. The soul gives life to the body and it carries the desire of God, the, of the purpose to create a body, but it does not create the body, the soul. So it comes from the desire. And we determine that Ratzin doesn't have any substance. And its function also does not create something outside of it. That's why, when as soon as it's removed, the rotsin, the whole everything, the the pula, its function disappears. So how is it that we exist? We exist because number one, the rotsin does not disappear. Obviously, he wants us, and also, well, our shape and form comes from the fact from the instruments. So then he says, so the Torah is telling us 
that because you, you know that you're completely dependent on this desire, and without it, it everything would start, stop being. You see, if, if it was not the Ratzon, if we came from Chachma Bina, you couldn't say that. You could say, you know what? We're not as high as Chachma Bina, but we're also an entity. Okay, fine, we're concealed. We're a lower entity. Since we come from something that's completely driven by God's desire, meaning it has nothing of its own, and as soon as it disappears, everything disappears, and you're dependent on that, that means even while you exist, you're really not really a real existence. Meaning you don't, don't consider yourself to be an eternal power. You're ultimately, you're here by the benevolence of someone's desire. Then he adds that another element, this is even deeper, this is a very deep concept, this very deep. Mokmai says that the truth is, he goes even deeper. Till now he's saying that the creation is from desire. But where is it really root from? From Atmos. Atmos that has no cause. That's what he says in Skersakesh. He has no cause. Atmos also is called the non-existential existence. I'll explain that in a moment. And because we come from there, that's why also we have fundamentally an element that's non-existent. In other words, this existence does not have to truly be. The depth of this is the following. That because we come from Atmos, we have a similar personality than Atmos is. When we say Atmos, you say God exists. What does that mean? The Rebbe Rashab once said that the atheists are one step closer to the truth than we. Because when they say God doesn't exist, it's more correct. Because when we say He exists, we mean He exists like a table exists. When they say He doesn't exist, it's a step closer. So it's a non-existential meaning. When we say something exists, it means it has shape and form, I can see it, I can relate to it, I, I can prove it. Non-existential existence means we can't say God doesn't exist, but we can't say He exists either. So we say, the Rambam says, so we say He, ex- we, we, so we say he exists not in an existential type of existence. It's basically like saying, he, we can't say He doesn't exist, so we say He doesn't not exist. It's like saying, He's not not wisdom. You can't say he's. You can say can't say his wisdom. You can't say he's not wisdom. So you say he's not not wisdom. He's not not existence. Which means that he doesn't have to be defined by proof. We by us. How do we know there's a table? First, it exists, and then we prove it. Can't be defined by proof. They're the opposite. There, first he exists, and then he manifests. We, by, by us, there's no manifestation, there's no existence. To say, you know, there's a theoretical tree in the forest, that's baloney. Either there is a tree or there isn't a tree. Because it doesn't have to be. Here you're talking about an existence that is a non-existential existence, and therefore it says he conveyed, that, that, that is, um, in a way, that personality, because we come from there, also creates that existence is of this type of non-substance type of existence. That really we are not there. Anyway, this needs more explanation. But the point he wanted to make was, he wanted to be the consequence of Ratzon. And the Erpnimi cannot teach us this lesson. Because Erpnimi recognizes existence. It manifests. It's Eris and Kalim. So an Eir can't say Kalim doesn't exist. Its whole purpose is to enter the container. The whole purpose of the ten spheres, as he said, was the Tzedek HaElemis. Was in order for there to be an existence. Ratzon, on the other hand, is only an agent of the divine. Ratzon is an agent of the divine. As such, from that level, everything is just purely from the, from, through coming from the divine. Is, is this going so add, the yesh, therefore... That was what I was wondering, what he adds. I understand what he's saying. 
I think what he wants to add, yes, it adds understanding the role of Sev of Kalam. It teaches us this level of Bittl. Mamal Kalam can never teach us. In other words, what we learn in the first 48 chapters is teaching us how to relate to God in the structure. But how do you relate to God beyond the structure? That's what Sev of Kalam adds. That's one key thing for sure. Later he's going to call this Bittl. He's going to call Bittl. Now he's not saying that. So we're getting two heavens, right? I don't know about that. Right now, he's not really making that distinction here. Yeah, for all practical purposes, it's Rotson. He's adding now in, the front, in this last piece that it's rooted in Atmos. Remember, Rotson at the end of the day is a desire of the, of the essence, reflection of the essence. Now, we're going to say, this speaks that there's even higher than Rotson, there's Eirein Sof itself. Even desire, even Rotson is, is, is at the end of the day an entity, speaks in Samarvav. But for now, practical purposes, Rotson is a desire of the source. Let's read the Kitzur. Ubiri and the Hinein Sofasevev. Explanation of this is because they, that now that the Hinein Sofasevev, the the transcendent infinite light, Hagam Desa Shemayim Vesaretz Ani Even though he fills, Ani I fill heaven and earth. Ani Mali Hariu Kodesh Muvdal. Nevertheless, he's separate and apart. And we'll understand this an example of desire that's separate, that's different than all the faculties. They are all of substance outside of the essence of the soul. And that is that the nefesh, the soul, maskelis, conceives with the mind, with the power of the mind, and and awakens with the power of faculty of the emotions. And its function is that something is created, something is, something is, something emerges, like Askola, an idea, or or kindness, or a favor. And that's why when also the fact when the also gam, that's why also when the faculty removed, the function remains. Desire is only the drawing, the leaning, the the, the extension of the. Gravitation of the spirit. It's fundamentally ayin. Nothingness. That's why when the nefesh, the spirit of it, removes, nothing remains. What is it in From the internal energy, something remains, even when it is removed, like the sfichim, like those... Uh, those seeds, those 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 sprouts, right? That's the word. But if God forbid the desire for the world was removed, it would have been nothing and nothing. Zilch, nothing and nothingness, utterly. And that's why Rosh Hashanah, the removal is only internal, not external, or else it would all disappear. Okay. A little explanation is needed at the end, but you get the picture. Chapter 49, page 86 through 88.